Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's Word in our lives. Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations. This is Karen and Chris Conley, and we are here with part two of More Than Conquerors. Chris, I'm loving this series, and um, there's always more to talk about in a podcast than we can um, actually fit in. I hope that anybody listening to this has listened to the corresponding message, um, part two of More Than Conquerors. Um, But Chris, in this podcast, What I loved about the message on Sunday was I felt like it it sets big expectations for what God wants to do, but it also comes back and helps people build the bridge from where they are to where God wants them to be. That sometimes messages are like so far out there that, that you just feel like you can't get there. And what you did in this particular message, um, you, we were in Romans 8, 31 through 39, um, which is a powerful, powerful um, set of verses. Um, but you then kind of came back and talked about putting first things first. We're going to spend most of our time focused on those seven things, but how would you want to set that up for people who've maybe just listened to the message or it's been a little bit um, to just kind of set the framework for why you ended up with this seven things? Well, the reason why we are more than conquerors is because we are created in the image of God and we are conquering through, um, the spirit of God that he's given us. And it's the spirit of God that gives us the ability to love as he loves. And what God has chosen to do, he has chosen to conquer everything through love. So he conquered death through love. Um, You know, he has conquered sin through love. And so, you know, a lot of people today, they are struggling with so many different issues But in many regards, it's because they don't realize they are created in the image of God. Well, what's the significance of that? It means many things. But one of the things that it definitely means is we are created to bring good into being. That's what God does. And so as we bring good into being, we conquer meaninglessness with meaning. You know, we conquer sin with love. We conquer selfishness with serving. And so all of this is far better than just trying to avoid suffering. It's far better than just the absence of pain, the absence of problems. And so how do we actually have the presence of peace and the presence of purpose instead of just the absence of pain and problems? Well, and we, if we were here to create and bring good as image bearers, Um, you can't have what you can't give away what you don't have. Um, and so really I think, and and you correct me if I'm wrong, but really I think these seven things were like, okay, what are the basics that, that you want to make sure that you are, are working in? Um, this this doesn't mean that you have to have that each of these are, are perfect. Um, but they're never all going to be perfect at the same time. Right. Like, I mean, it, it is important as we lay the foundation for the seven, one, two, three, um, will always be under construction in some way. 
Uh, they'll always be needing some level of development, but you do need to get four or five of these things operational all the time in order to have some stability of health in your life. All right. So um, let me just kind of give the overview of the seven and then let's go back and highlight maybe some areas that maybe the application we want to dive in a little bit deeper. But this is really, you know, the 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 context is what's needed for God's peace and purpose. What is it that you need to have a foundation that you are, are, are healthy so that you can then take it to that next level. And so in summary, the seven are this, you need an abiding relationship with God. That's number one. One needs family. That's two. One needs friends. One needs a career. Again, this is just, let's talk about practically in our life, what do we need to be a healthy person that's able to then build from there? Number five, one needs a plan with a schedule. Number six, six, one needs to pay attention to spiritual, mental, and physical health. And number seven, one needs productive and enjoyable ways to use time outside of work. And so, Chris, those are maybe not what people were expecting um, to hear this Sunday. Um, but set us up, and as you think about these seven, um, where, do, where do you want to start? Where do you think people need to hear a little bit more or to dive in a little bit deeper? Well, we have to conquer the small things before we can conquer the big things. So that's why these seven are uh, foundational. And in that, you know, the biggest foundation is the abiding relationship with God. And so instead of spending a lot of time addressing that right now, I would say, you know, you taught a fantastic series on priority time last July, July 2021. Uh, You can go back and listen to that. Uh, We have a book uh, called Priority Time that can help you with that. Um, There's a lot of resources to come alongside of you to build this abiding relationship with God. But uh, because we're focusing on the practical today, we'll move into the second one. And the second one is one needs family. And tragically and sadly, um, this one, it, it feels like it should be Captain Obvious. It feels like it should be positive for everyone. But because family has been attacked so much, because you know so many people would describe their family as dysfunctional, it's one of those things where uh, a lot of pain can frequently be associated with family. And so really what I'm trying to do here is say, if you have a good, healthy family, treasure that, build into that, do not take that for granted. But if your family is unhealthy in some ways, and yes, dysfunctional in some ways, don't give up on them. Uh, find a way to continue to be light and love in their life. And just, you know, some of the greatest truths of the Bible, they apply first with our family. All right, how do we forgive one another? And because we're going to spend more time with our family than anyone else, well, there's more opportunity to disappoint one another. There's more opportunity to, you know, hurt someone's feelings. And so we just got to go back to this concept to honor the loyalty of blood. And what I mean by that is um, God gives you this family and we need to prioritize it and we need to protect it 
and not give up on one another and continue to invest in one another and believes God's best about one another. And, um, you know, just know that uh, anything that is broken can be healed. Chris, I told you Sunday after the message that I felt like this could be a whole series, not even just a whole message, but a whole series. And I, I think you bring a lot of credibility to this particular point um, because you have had your own challenges within your family and um, your family has um, had highs and lows. Um, there have been um, devastations with the loss of your brother. There's been pain. Um, but there has been this never give up on one another attitude. And so I just think, you know, as you're sitting here talking about, you know, one needs a family. Um, I just, I think about all the different people that we know that we love that have challenges in their family of divorce and, and deaths and pain and addiction and lines drawn in the sand and not talk to people for decades and that, that would hear this and think, are you kidding me? You have no idea to which I want to go. No, you, you know, you do have an idea. Um, but that, that in that message, um, one of the things that I was thinking as you were talking about that, of not giving up on your family, actually two things. One is, I remember us very clearly um, when we spent some time in Bernie, Texas with John DeFore, um, of him saying to you, you know, Chris, you'll probably never have the storybook um, relationship with your dad that you desire, but it can be better than it is. And so I think for for some people, um, and I had the privilege of watching God move in such a miraculous way in the, the five or so years leading up to your dad's death, that if, if I had been asked as a wife seven or eight years before he died about what would happen when your dad passed away, um, I would have thought it would have been a very hard season because of unresolved pain. And yet, because of what God did and because of your willingness to deal with some hard things and forgive and then and and put a realistic expectation that it could be better than it's been and not put the standard of the picture perfect family that really doesn't even exist out there. Um, I just think, you know, that step forward and that journey is something we want to give away to everyone. And so it doesn't mean that it's not hard, but it does mean the freedom that you as the individual can experience by working through what you need to work through. And um, I remember him very clearly saying, you're, you know, you came for counseling, not the rest of your family. Don't go home and tell them everything, but there are things you can do, even if they're not at a place of health that can open a door to a healthier option for your family. Yeah. Our worship leader, Becca Cox has written a song called healing takes a little time. And it is just extraordinary song and amazing storytelling occurs within that song. But the truth is that healing does take a little bit of time. And, you know, healing was not fast in my family. Um, healing required perseverance, uh, required a lot of prayer, uh, required a lot of patience, required a lot of forgiveness. It required a lot of things that God does with each and every one of us every single day. You know, God shows us mercy every day, shows us grace every day, uh, gives us unconditional love. 
you know, just continually pursues us, never gives up on us. And that's what we have to do for our family. And, and the thing that is also important is you'll hear this term a lot in Christian circles, but don't allow yourself to adopt an orphan spirit. Um, we need family. And if your family is broken in such a way that it's really not possible for healing to occur within that, and there's times that's, that's very uh, true. Okay, there's levels of abuse and things that have happened where um, it's actually healthier for you to not be a member of that family. Well, that's why God's church is really a family. You know, the the biblical picture here is that God's people are a family. And so um, if you don't have certain expressions of a biological family, then I would encourage you, please find those expressions within God's family. And, And all of us need both, okay? But if you uh, have certain limitations in your biological family, uh, you need the church family more than ever before. And I also want to say a very sensitive word, you know, to uh, two categories of people. If someone, you know, whether it's through divorce or whether you've, you've never been married, um, you know, just know that God's best is 100% possible for you. A, he still may want to give you a spouse or B, there is a concept in scripture that it's a calling to singleness, but the singleness is kind of a single focus versus being alone. It is being committed to the Lord in such a way that, you know, uh, you are receiving the fullness of his love and then being a part of God's family in that way as well. And then another category, if um, you've not been able to have your own children biologically, again, uh, there are ways either through adoption or there are ways by being adopted into someone else's family or extended family that, again, God is not withholding. God is a good God that has a purpose and will give you what you need. And so regardless of what has happened in your family or not, or regardless of what maybe has even happened medically that prevents certain things from happening, um, God has a family for you. Chris, as you, as we've kind of recapped the seven, you need an abiding relationship with God. One needs family. One needs friends. Um, the thought that I had in the friendship category, and I love the five definitions of friendship that we use at one city and how absolutely valuable friendships are. But the thought that occurred to me as you were talking honestly about the family was, you know, I talk to more people who talk about having very few friends, not really having those people around them, even in a friendship category. Maybe they have a lot of family and no friends, or maybe they really struggle in both the family and the friend category. But it occurred to me that, you know, in that, there is this perseverance part that has to also occur in friendships in the sense that, if we don't have friends where family, you know, there's, okay, we're, we are related by blood and it's, 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 it has to be a pretty dramatic step away to not continue to be connected with your family. It might not be healthy. It might not be what you want it to be, but more people than not stay somehow connected. But in friendships, it's easy for us to just take a few steps in, and then when there's anything that doesn't feel good, we take a few steps back out. And that is where we as children of God need to be um, careful that we don't just um, 
step out of places and and there's discernment and and you please speak into this but it's just that thought of there may be one of the reasons that we don't have more meaningful friendships is because we quit when it requires us to actually give and sacrifice in the relationship and push through and be honest with one another and um, value the relationship enough to fight for unity, to fight for connection instead of just going, yeah, another person who disappointed me. Well, sometimes it's our own wounds and their own wounds that just kind of, we don't ever work through it enough to have some self-awareness to go, wow, this is a place I need some help. If we're only friends when things are good, then we're not very good friends. And you've heard people say time and time again that when you go through a crisis, you find out who your friends really are. Friendship shouldn't just be based upon receiving. It is a giving and receiving relationship. And friendship isn't something where you're going to have 20 close friends. Friendship is where you're going to have five, seven, you know, close friends because you only have so much time to invest in so many people. So I would say we really need to commit to people, invest in those relationships, persevere through the hardships. Um, again, there's not a single relationship on earth in a fallen, broken context with sinful people that's not going to have some complications along the way, not going to have some challenges. And so be gracious to one another. You know, it's the golden rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. And especially when things are going bad, especially when someone, if someone is disappointing you, in all probability, they're disappointing themselves in some way too. And so be high mercy, high grace, um, speak truth in love, fight for the relationship. Don't fight for distance, fight for connection. Mm. So Chris, we have four more um, of these kind of, hey, these are the, the building blocks to be able to not just survive, but thrive, to have these in place so that you can be more than a conqueror. The next one is um, one needs a career. Um, speak into um, anything that you didn't have a chance to say on Sunday regarding just how you spend your time. I know you talked about work. It was before the fall. Um, this is not a curse. This is something that we have the privilege of having a purpose while we're here. What else would you say in that category? Well, a lot of people feel like they get stuck at different points in time. And what I would say is um, you're never truly stuck. If you will believe that only God knows what's best, only God wants what's best, and only God gives what's best, there is a way to believe in the strengths that God has given you, to identify the skills that God has given you, and find the best place for your strengths and skills to be used. Now, sometimes it might cost you something. Honestly, it might cost you a decrease in pay for a season. But if that stepping back for a season helps you to step forward in the next, you know, five years, the next 10 years, and, and it is a place where you are uh, in a healthy context where there's good soil and you're planted in good soil and therefore think good things grow. The other thing I would say, especially if you're a younger person, okay, sometimes it's hard to figure out, well, what do I really want to do? You know, again, um, careers can change over time, but invest in yourself, invest in your education, invest in additional training, invest in 
just trying to find, there's not a perfect career, trying to find a career that will provide some stability, uh, you know, a career that's going to uh, provide a sense of purpose and a sense of promise. You know, you want, I sell ABC. What, what purpose is there in that? Well, the purpose is in the relationships you build. The purpose is in being a light in the midst of maybe a dark place. And so you can be God's man or woman wherever he sends you, and you can create purpose. The purpose doesn't have to be associated with the product, so to speak, or with the service that you provide. But I would just say that never give up on yourself. Always believe in yourself. And then, you know, again, sometimes you may need a little additional education, a little additional training, whatever. And it may feel like, oh, well, that's, I don't know that that's worth it, or I may need to do two years of this. But if it positions you long-term for stability, long-term for purpose and, and, and promise, then it's worth it. And so, you know, there is a certain quality about work that's just called work, okay? And we all have to accept that and we have to embrace that. But at the same time, make your work work for you instead of you working for your work. I love it. Um, Purpose and stability. That's what you're looking for. And God has a purpose wherever we are. So um, Chris, five, six, and seven, as we have just a few minutes left for these last three, um, one needs a plan with a schedule. One needs to pay attention to spiritual, mental, and physical health. And one needs productive and enjoyable ways to use time outside of work. What would you highlight of those three? What is it, what is it that you didn't get to say on Sunday that, that really you want people to walk away and apply so that they really can be all that God's called them to be? Well, a plan typically reveals that there is a purpose. You, if you don't have a purpose, you wouldn't have a plan. And so, you know, if we wake up each morning and we don't know what we're going to do today, well, that just kind of feels meaningless. If we wake up each morning and we don't have some routine, something to accomplish something, then that feels inefficient. It feels unproductive. But if we wake up each morning and you can set your own priorities, all right? If it's, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have my priority time. Well, that's a plan, all right? And then, you know, if I wake up early enough and I choose to do my exercise in the morning, well, that's a plan. And then if I know, okay, what's the most important things I do in my work day and I'm going to prioritize those in the first half of the day? Well, that's a plan. And so that plan just, it, it, it makes everything in your life more productive so that you're not now, if, you're, if you don't have a plan and you become unproductive, then you feel pressure. Because now at the end of the day, you should have got a bunch of things done that you didn't get done. And now work's going to bleed over into your personal life. And then, you know, it's just going to feel like it never ends. And you're not going to have margin for yourself. And you're not going to have margin for your family. You're not going to have margin for your friends. And it's just frustrating. And so plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work and work your plan. And I promise you, it produces health in your personal life and your professional life. And Chris, as we look at these last two, I think really the plan that you just talked about helps you to pay attention to your spiritual, mental, and physical health. You know, when I think about you talking about a plan, I always use the term, put the big rocks in first. And so I plan my day and my week and my month knowing, okay, in order for me to be spiritually, mentally, and physically healthy, this is what has to happen. And that may be different for you than it is for me. Um, There's some things that are universal in there, obviously. But, um, you know, if you put those 
things in your schedule um, that will help you be spiritually, mentally, and physically healthy, then you are paying attention. So really five and six can work pretty much hand in hand. And then seven, dun, da, 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 the one that we need the most work on in the Conley household ourselves. Uh, one needs productive and enjoyable ways to use time outside of work. So Chris, speak to this because for some people, five and six is going to be hard. And they're like, maybe they don't have a plan and maybe they aren't, you know, keeping all of the, the, you know, they're not working out and they're not spending time with the Lord and they're, you know, they're, they're just struggling with the pressure. But for some people, they probably have those blocks in um, and it's just, they need to breathe. You might be, you might need to say this to me on the other side of the mic, right? Um, so talk about the importance of number seven, productive and enjoyable ways to use time outside of work. At the end of the day, we do what we want to do. And so we make choices and we need to put some things in our life that are profitable outside of just work. You know, there is a profit associated with work, but there's enormous profit associated in healthy friendships. Uh, there's incredible profit that comes from doing something you enjoy, going for a walk, going for a run. Uh, on a Sabbath, taking a day to truly reflect, to truly rest, um, to make it a day where you bless yourself and, you know, you enjoy a great meal, you allow yourself to have dessert, you know, you, um, you make it a memorable day, you make it the favorite day of the week. You know, if you're looking forward to the Sabbath, then there are some times that you go, okay, well, I need to get this done a little bit. Maybe I have to work a little extra to do this, this, but at the end of the week, I've got a full day dedicated to myself, to the Lord. And so uh, the thing I would just say is life is more than work and don't get, don't make bad financial decisions where you're under so much financial pressure that you just got to work all the time. And then don't allow your identity to get so caught up in work where you're just working all the time because you're striving to be someone. Allow your identity to be in Christ. And then, you know, like you said, put the big rocks in where, you know, when we look at these seven things, and if we were to really build uh, a calendar around these things, then um, we would create margin. Life kind of happens in the margin. Blessing happens in the margin. Fruit happens in the margin then um, some things that you really want to do, it's okay. Plan the things that you desire to do. Put those things in the schedule. It's just like as, as simple as you and I. We need to put date nights on the schedule. If we don't put a date night on the schedule, then something else is going to take up the schedule. Well, I hope that this, though it may be basic, um, it is an incredibly important foundation and gosh, I mean, if we weren't doing the Sabbath, um, I, I would be guilty right now of working way too much. And even on that, I've, you know, I can, I can let things creep into the Sabbath. Um, so it's just a great reminder, no matter where you are on your journey, um, I hope that as we've reflected on these seven, if there's one that maybe the Holy Spirit's just highlighted to you of like, you know, I'm doing pretty well in this category and I, I've got this pretty much, but Ooh, there's, that's, that's one I need to just, you know, kind of put it back in the fairway, um, to be the wife of somebody who 
was a college golfer. Um, if, uh, but what do I need to do to just keep all these things in a healthy place so that I am in a place where God can maximize my impact? And I would just say this, um, I'm sitting across the table from somebody who um, has a lot of faith and is willing to take risks. And as you talked about, um, you know, career, and as you talked about, you know, the the pleasures in life and taking time to do those things, I would just encourage you, if you are feeling stuck in e- either in, I don't like what I do every day, or I don't, I don't really feel like I'm living a full life and enjoying the life that God has given me, it might require a little risk. And you always want some wise counsel and some wisdom, you know, don't do something stupid, you know, I'm going to quit my job today, and I have no plan. That's, that's irresponsibility. But you don't have to be stuck in anything. We all get one life to live. And if there is something that's consistently out of sync, then step away and look at the 50,000 foot level and say, what do I want at the end of my life to be true? And if there's something keeping you from that, then I encourage you get some wise counsel, but don't just stay stuck. You have the ability to make a decision that's going to give you the opportunity to be all that God created you to be. So I hope this has been a helpful podcast to you, Chris, loving the series. Thank you so much for teaching it. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.